That's always good when you start off with a laugh. Science, it's great. Pregnant, a uh, young girl, <laughs> teen, doesn't know how to tell her parents. <laughs> Movie freaks. Edward Furlong's in it, too. I am freaking hopeless. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the net hosted by two guys who firmly believe we're X-Men. We're just waiting to hit puberty. (laughs) I'm Eric Marner. And I'm Eugene Weaver. And let's not waste any time tonight, let's get right into it. We're going to do the roulette where we force each other to watch movies, uh, and then we're going to get right into Recently Watched for a really big review episode, and then... uh, yeah, well, news and notes if if uh, we get we still have time and plenty of rabbit trail to spin off there at the end. Uh, okay, last episode we had Expedition to the End of the World uh, up against From the Dark. And I'll let you go first, sir. How is okay. From the Dark? From the Dark. Um, so here is a... I've talked about this before on uh, this show as well as my own show. Um, From the Dark is... One of those movies where the idea is good, the cinematography is phenomenal, the acting is good, the special effects are good, the, the, the music is good, everything is really good. However, there is a 75-minute movie that is stretched out into 90 minutes, and I don't understand why these people are doing this, because it took a... This is a very well-made, competently-made horror movie, and it's boring. I By the time I'm, I'm done, I'm like, 15 minutes out of this thing, this would have been gem in the rough. Total gem in the rough. But instead, I'm like, oh, come on, I get it. Okay, let's go. More chasing in the house with the vampire. And it's Ooh. about two people, a couple in Ireland, that um, are being stalked by this Nosferatu-looking vampire, which is, it's awesome-looking vampire. Um, but the, the girl, she was like kick-ass, Sigourney Weaver-type, like, you know... She was bringing it to the vampire. I thought that was cool. And the guy was kind of a wuss, but meh. Uh, <laughs> but it was just frustrating when it's like the whole way through. No, not the, I don't want to say the whole way through, but by about the midsection, the chase continues and continues. And I'm like, you guys can only do this for so long. You're in a house. Oh, now you're outside. Now you're back in the house. I'm like, oh, come on. If you yeah. had to cut out 15 minutes, this would have been great. And you don't, you don't have to have a 90-minute movie, in, in my opinion. Um, Creep? I, I tend to Creep? agree. I tend to agree, but we don't finance these movies. And we don't have the ultimate yeah. uh, number scale for uh, <laughs> devising yes. who gets what That's, money. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but Creep is a prime example of a movie that knew here is our story, and the story is only seventy-five, barely seventy-five minutes long, and that's what made the movie great. I loved Creep. Oh, that was the last roulette, uh, and this one here, I'm still going to give it a thumbs up uh, because. Everything about it was very good. It was just too long for, for the storyline, which is unfortunate. It's, in fact, this could have, this could have been uh, an anthology type, like one, uh, a short story in an anthology. <clears throat> right, um, right. And, and, it would have been, and it would have played fine. But having said that, even a 75-minute runtime would have been great. So I'm with Roger Corman on some of these movies. <laughs> Roger Corman, that that's the school of Roger Corman is keep it... Keep it simple, stupid. Just compress those movies and make them go, I, go, 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 go. I totally agree. I hate it when they, when they get too long in the tooth, especially for these lower budgets where your ideas yes. are stretched thin anyway. Yes. I got gotcha. you. So, anyway, right. but I'm, I'm glad I watched it. It's not one of those where I watch it and I'm like, oh, what a waste of my life. I'll, I could see myself watching that again at some point or another, but um, 
Come on. Right. Anyway, I got you. There's, there's my my soapbox. Okay, and on my side, I had Expedition to the End of the World, which was a documentary about. Couldn't really uh-huh. tell you. Oh. I don't really know. <laughs> uh, they a uh, bunch of scientists get on this boat and sail up. To, uh, I don't even. I, I I tell you what, this was a. This was a tough one to pay attention to, and it's not that it was boring, uh, so much as just be a little clearer with what is going on. The best that I could get is ice is melting where it hasn't melted before, which opens up certain areas. Uh, I it's been a week now; I don't even remember where they were, Greenland or wherever, and uh, so they can sail further up north than they've ever been able to, which helps them with science and get more readings that they've never got before. What for? To what ends? For what purpose? Vague, 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 vague. No detail. Don't really know. And it, I mean, wow. still might want to give this one a watch. Maybe I just wasn't paying close enough attention. Uh, but uh, the soundtrack—you you need to watch the first ten minutes. Not, not, nothing else. Watch the first ten minutes. It's kind of like funny games. Th- this is kind of the funny games of documentaries in a way. It starts mm-hmm. off with classical music, and they're all sailing th- through, and this is, ama- you know, really deep and amazing stuff, and science and nature, and then... Master! And then it switches to heavy metal. You're just like, huh? What? Okay. It's weird, but that was cool. And then we get drift back into classical, and then halfway through we slam back into Metallica, old Metallica again, which was like, this is awesome, it's keeping me in, but then I'm like, what? what is, what are they doing? What's going on? Then they go off looking for a bear that they thought they saw and they didn't see. It's, I mean, it's the misadventures of a bunch of roaming people on acid as about what I could take away from it. Wow. <laughs> and nah. maybe, again, I just wasn't paying close enough attention, but you should watch the intro. Watch up through the opening credits because that part was interesting. So is it one of those movies where, a documentary where, hey, we have nice cameras, so let's make a documentary about this, I guess? I just think that they were mister, misguided, and it's a it's a foreign film, subtitled, so maybe, oh, you know what I mean? Okay. No, I don't, yeah. I don't think they were just making a doc to make a doc or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so you might want to give it a chance. Maybe you'll enjoy it more than I did, or maybe you'll get a lot more out of it than I did. I just, eh, not for me. I mean, I might give it a passing, like, five and a half out of ten, but okay. because it was beautifully shot and had some good music and whatever, but it, it just felt, for a documentary, I didn't know what... It didn't feel like there was a good arc. I didn't feel like they accomplished anything. Uh, and there was a lot of wandering around. Anyway, so... Yeah. Expedition, you know, Dam- it, Damnation is a prime example of a documentary that sets out to, for a, with a certain goal in mind and accomplishes it in spades. Mm-hmm. Like that is that is like a great blueprint for how to make a great documentary. I think right. a newer one, one of the new ones. I got gotcha. you. I agree. So. Okay, uh, go ahead and run down the list and tell me what you picked for this for the next episode. Okay, so you threw my way: Sword of Vengeance, Teeth. Under the Electric Sky, Sushi the Global Catch, Shaolin Martial Arts, and Deep in the Darkness. And I am going to take um, the uh, killer vagina movie, Teeth. 
<laughs> I was actually kind of surprised you haven't seen this one. I figured you'd tell yeah. me you'd already seen it. Have you oh, watched the trailer of that one? I did, yes. And I'm like, ah, oh, this could be Gem, maybe. I, as um, I recall, it got very good reviews. Yeah. My thing, my thing is, Shaolin martial arts is what I really wanted to take, but I'm like, I know I'm gonna probably like that. That just yeah, 70s uh, Shaw Brothers type movie. I'll I'll like. So I'm like, uh, let's go with newer horror. Those are so hit and miss that I like to find the hits. So, well, I appreciate you diving on that bomb for us. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Over on my side, I had Alice kills World War II from space. Already in my queue. Uh, the Avenging Eagle, which I'm still 50-50, not sure if I own. I swear I own it, but yeah. I have not been able to find it or whatever. Uh, a Maiden Uprising in Ukraine, which I wasn't able to locate on Netflix. House of La- Lost Things and a Gesser Caesar Jezar Bard's Tale. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Um... Boy, and this is a tough one. The, the, I added a couple to my list because of your recommendations, ones that I had not noticed before, but I'm going to go with the Avenging Eagle because I need oh. to... If I, And before I do that, I'm going to go down in my uh, Batcave vault and go through my physical media looking for the disc because I think I had some weird half-ass bootleg of it, something I paid it like a buck for in an exchange store, and I swear it's this, but... Then again, I read up on it and was like, well, that doesn't sound quite right. But then again, how many movies, the avenging fist of foot of whatever. But what sparked my interest was that Shaw Brothers. And I didn't recall that one being the one that I think I own a Shaw Brothers. But I'm going to go verify that I own that one. And if I, I'm going to pull out that case of the one, I can picture it in my head. I just can't remember where it is. I have to go look for it physically. So uh, now, if you, if you do have that one and have seen it... Uh, I'll, I'll pick something else. Uh, okay. As to what? Tune in next week and find out. I'm not there sure, because this is all... There's some good stuff here. It'll probably be that Bard's Tale one at the end. I don't know. Okay. That's tough. Um, okay. Uh, teeth. I'm still surprised you didn't, haven't watched Teeth. I, I, hmm. I thought we had discussed that one. Have you, you haven't seen the trailer or anything? Oh, yes, I have. Okay. Yes. Um, but I don't recall seeing now again. I mean, that, that's not a brand new movie. Um, I'll, when I start, well, I don't, it doesn't ring a bell to me. Mm. It's only a couple years old. I, I, it sprung right to mind when it popped up on there. Cause I thought that was crazy. <laughs> yeah. But as far as watching it, yeah. And, and if for some reason I'm like, wait a minute, I may have seen this one. Um, but that, that no, I did watch another one called grace. I think it was called. And it's about a woman that. It's motherly, it's body horror type stuff, which this sounds like as well. Um, so we'll see. I don't know. And if for some reason I'm like, oh, yeah, I did see that, then, um, then like you said, tune in next week. Right. <laughs> uh, did that Under the Electric Sky, did that one tickle you at all? Uh, I don't know. No? I watched the trailer for it. The trailer looked pretty pretty wild, pretty crazy. Uh, I. I did not watch the trailer for it. I just read up on it. I'm like, eh. That's all right. I don't... <laughs> that was, I, I only threw two of the, like, six documentaries that I wanted to throw on there, but, because <laughs> there's a lot of good docs on Netflix right now. Um, yeah. Okay, well, that'll wrap up the roulette for this episode. Let's move on to recently watched, because i got a ton of crap to talk about. Uh, stuff I've been just dying to talk to you about, but uh, oh. I have held off, because I'll wait for the show. Um, first up, 
Last Nights, that's K-N-I-G-H-T, K-Niggets, with Clive Owen and Morgan Freeman. Oh, yeah. Finally got a chance to watch that, and I'm happy to report, thumbs up. This was a... This was a nice. pretty darn good movie, and maybe I can't tell yet if it's because my expectations were so in check. That'll be a rewatch test, um, or if I, you know, was it was I expecting so little that I enjoyed it that much, uh, or was it really that genuinely that good? Because I saw the trailer for this thing, and like two weeks later, it was on Vudu. <laughs> that's yeah. never a good sign. I know it isn't, um, but I think that it was quite enjoyable, and I really liked it. the The action was cool. Um, there's a whole second act. The second act kind of drags a little bit, but there's a plot reason for that. And while the second act was going on and it was dragging, I was going, "Where is it? Like, come on! Why? I figured this was just going to be a short thing, but it's now like the whole second act thing." And as it went on, I was like, "Ooh, I bet I know what's going on here. I really hope that's what's going on." And I was right. And it was so awesome to see it come to fruition as they moved into the third act. And then it's back to the action and Clive Owen whooping ass and killing people left and right was just medieval badassery. And it feels kind of like... Um, I was reminded of like a video game, like a, a medieval set video game, because it doesn't feel like historical, if that makes any sense. It feels more yeah. like a video game set in medieval times. Uh, but it starts off with him, and this is really a spoiler, but he's, uh, maybe it is a little bit, maybe I should hold off on that. He's raised under the tutelage of Morgan Freeman and trust and honor and all the ways of being a good knight kind of person in his, their little section of realm, and then uh, the emperor disagrees, and it does not go well to disagree with that guy. And let me tell you, they oh. are assholes about it to the letter of the law under their law, and you hate them so much. It's almost like um, uh, Game of Thrones, where they go so far to make you hate them that when the third act comes, it's just so cathartic. It's great. Oh, I love that, yeah. So, so it, it, does this feel like one that should have played in theaters, but it just got relegated to video on demand? This feels like one of those what would have been uh, January, February type movies. You know what mm. I mean? Most of the time it's cold and snowy in the movie. Um, it, it, it doesn't, it's not going to appeal to a mass, it almost feels like a really big Game of Thrones episode, in a, in a ma manner of speaking. Uh, there's no nice. magic and dragons and stuff, but, uh, it definitely feels that way to me, and I quite enjoyed it. I'm giving it, even now thinking back on it, it's like, I'm, I'm definitely going to watch that one again. I enjoyed, wow. I enjoyed the way the story went, and the action was badass. Um. With with you know, just sword play and everything, but again, would this have done well in the theaters? I don't think it would have. It's not the happiest of movies, and it's not like uh, King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table rise up and fight. But it's not like an asylum movie either, where it's a bad yeah. ripoff of this movie and that movie. So I wonder where they're expecting to make their money, because obviously A-lister actors. I think um, it sounds like it had a pretty decent budget. It wasn't like a you know a five hundred thousand dollar affair. Um, I just I, sometimes I wonder like what studios like okay we're dumping what do you think twenty million bucks? I can maybe look into that. Uh, give me just a sec here, but I I don't know I don't know what they are thinking. But I mean Europe. Oh, another thing. It's another overseas. Thing. Maybe it, I, I think know. it was overseas, and uh, like there was a fair amount of CGI used in it, but it was used in all the right ways. That is to say, backgrounds, buildings. Um, 
you know what I mean? Where it's it's not yeah. it's not dragons and magic and stuff like that, or you know, but it's like stuff in the far background, uh, and it looked great. Whoever the animator was, or artist, or whatever uh, that does that effect, uh, the, that image work was brilliant. It looked really good, at least enough that I was like, "Wow, I recognize that that CGI. It doesn't look real, obviously, but yeah. that looks good." I'm very curious what you would think hmm. of this movie. I would love to hear your thoughts on it. Maybe sometime you can rent it or something. <laughs> yeah. Or you know, I'm guessing that that's, it sounds like something that will probably hit Netflix at some point. Or I another. would think so, but I, if so, I, I expect you to watch it. Let's put it that way. Oh, I will. I'm going to try and, and look and up the budget for that thing. While is, that, is that a wife-friendly movie, or is it more, I, more, more No, more or less, I'd say it's wife-friendly. There's some uh, uh, carnage in it, but it's all like, swords and arrows and stuff like that it's not like any torture or you know yeah you know what i mean like braveheart kind of crap yes. there, there's there's a couple of limbs that get lopped off here and there but i don't know dude i i quite enjoyed it i was pleasantly surprised cool okay well that's one i'll definitely keep my eyes out for okay good uh, uh over to you go ahead give me one okay um i'm gonna take care of one uh, that we had been volleying back and forth, I, if I remember correctly, on uh, Netflix on the roulette. I'm like, okay, let's just give this one a shot. Again, with the horror movies, trying to find the gems in the rough. So I watched Contracted. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, chick gets uh, an STD and it starts to turn her into uh, a zombie thing, maybe, kind of. And here again is... Um, Another one of those interesting sounding, but ultimately pathetic, stupid Netflix horror wannabes. Uh, I, I came close to hating it, but I just merely really didn't like it. Um, I, it, it just, just, you know, cameras constantly moving, which it's the film student thing. Mm-hmm. Slickly shot. All the actors are hipster douchebag idiots that I didn't like. I didn't like one single person even a little bit in this movie. Everybody was a complete asshole, including the girl that gets the STD. She was a complete raging bitch. Um, so you don't feel anything for her at all. Um, in fact, the best part of the movie is... Did she get her, it from a one-night stand or rape? Some guy roofied her and... Uh, so ass. rape. Uh, yeah, I guess rape, yeah. Okay. But, uh, and he had... Uh, I'm going to spoil the movie because the movie sucks. Don't watch it, but... He, the movie begins with him in a morgue. I think I guess he's uh, an assistant in a morgue, but he has sex with a dead body, is what it implies. Okay, I gotcha. And so because of that, he gets some, some zombie disease, and he sleeps with this uh, lesbian bitch uh, because he roofies her, and then she... Oh, it's just angsty, and oh, just every character is mopey and... Tight jeans and ugh. <laughs> uh, and somehow they got the uh, the lady and uh, something Williams I think um, I forget her first name but she was uh, she was the uh, the lead actress in Toby Hooper's Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two Stretch yeah Stretch is her name in, in Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two from the eighties okay she was she's cool she was in Haas or uh, she was in uh, Hatchet Part Three, 
so she it was cool kind of to see her. I'm like, ah, oh, she was in Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part Two. I recognize you from better movies. Yes. I'm like, what are you doing in this? I'm like, oh, I guess you got to pay the bills, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, anyway, uh, it's one that now officially we don't have to volley back and forth on the roulette. Good. I, do- I dove on that bomb and it exploded in my face. <laughs> yep. I don't really have anything to add to that. It just, I think you covered it sufficiently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, let's go. Uh, speaking of, since we're diving on the bombs right now, let's go get these two out of the way. These also have been on the roulette in the last couple of weeks. Looking too good to be true, and they probably are, but that usually is what populates the roulette. Uh, Java Heat was one that uh, I watched. There there are two different forms of wrong here. Java Heat is the first one where you watch mm, 30 minutes of it and you're like, Get on with it, get on with it. I know where this is going. Hurry up, and it doesn't. And so at 30 minutes, you just turn it off and you're done. Uh, and then there is Plague, where <laughs> yeah. you watch about 10 or 15 minutes and you're like, okay, I see what's going on here. Hurry up, fast forward a little bit. Nope, still dawdling. Fast forward, dawdling, fast forward, dawdling. Okay, now I just got to see if there's anything amazing at the end. Fast forward to the end. Nope, nothing whatsoever. Good. I watched both those movies in 30 minutes. So, uh, a big fat no score on Plague and Java Heat from me. You did? Did you get a chance to uh, enjoy I watched these? Them, I watched them both to completion. Oh, see, so then there's people like you who just yeah. have oodles of time to just. <laughs> oh, and and, well, and that's that's part of being an insomniac is I'm up by 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these movies that I think might be complete shitballs I can watch while I work out in the morning mm-hmm. and, um, and it's too early to do anything other than sit in front of the TV or get my exercising in so I watch these turds well Plague is one of them and Java Heat is another um, and Plague uh, I actually gave that zero stars <laughs> zero I, I and, was and not, I'm not surprised by that at all because watching it I was like oh Eugene will hate this but oh, I, I hated it. That one had ben, that uh, one had potential. So, yes. but then, oh, we're arguing, and, uh, oh, and the, the lead the lead actress was terrible. She yeah. was terrible in this. But just the fact that here's another example of a high def camera and nothing else. No, no direction. Just let's have a couple of bad actors, non actors, arguing with each, with each other. Um, for 90 minutes. It was so, it was so bad. And somehow it actually made, uh, contracted slightly, um, not quite as bad, I guess. And same, oh, it applied to Java Heat. I, Java Heat, I gave one and a half out of five stars to, um, come on, Mickey Rourke, really? That's, this is what you're doing now? Yeah, is, pretty much. That's what he's doing now. Oh. He, he, I, I didn't even get to Mickey Rourke. No, I did. Right when he showed up, I was like, eh. I'm done. Oh, it's I'm a good. complete phone-in paycheck role. And this movie, I think that this movie could have been okay back in the 80s, maybe, as a cheap action movie, whatever. Uh, but it's not 1987 anymore, and it's yeah, it was so bad and boring and cheap <laughs> and just... Yeah, oh. ah, yeah, I... I... I was good on that. I didn't need to go any further. And it looked like it had a budget, though. That was what was annoying. Oh, it did. I know. It looked, yes, it looked it did. expensive. Didn't look uh, yeah. asylum-y. Again, whipping, yeah. whipping the dead horse of asylum. But, yes. Uh, but it, it, it did... I, it was, I'm guessing, filmed in either Thailand or it was somewhere... Some other country. So I'm guessing that it got maybe the funding from the country it was shot at. But 
again, I don't know who who gives the budgets to these things that are not good and the script isn't good to begin with. So why are you shelling out money for a really bad script? We got um, Mickey Rourke. Yeah, we got Mickey Rourke. <laughs> and he's a something, it's... a bad guy and <laughs> Wow. Uh, okay, um I've got three that I'm going to talk back to back, but I want you to go ahead and give me a, a one or two, or you got a couple to throw together, and then I'm going to run through three here. Uh, okay. Um, oh man, I've got some. I sh- I'm. Should I get rid of one, my last zero star movie, or should I go into Might something as well. better? Might as well. Okay. We're we're, at, we're in get... the no scores and zeros at this point, yeah. and and then things are going to go up uphill from here. Mm, um, you don't up... know what I'm going to talk about. Oh boy. <laughs> Well, well, I watched Butcher Boys, oh, another one yes. that on the roulette. You, that you, I wanted to, yeah. You talked so, about that on your show, but uh, yes, go ahead and warn everybody here as well. Yeah, I'll warn everybody here. So Butcher Boys was written and I think produced by Kim Henkel, who was involved with the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I'm like, well, okay, it's maybe. Um, zero, zero stars. <laughs> I watched the whole thing, and you know what? I, I am not going to give... Even a half a star, even if the lighting might be okay or they shot. It's so incompetent when movies like this are made and everything about it is wrong. Every character is horrible and poorly acted. The effects are cheap. Everything about it is so broken. I'm like, you know what? You get zero stars from me. Somewhere there's a boom mic operator emerging from a cloud of marijuana haze that's like, Hey, Hey, come on. You could hear my dialogue, you prick. It's 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 the worst form of this movie is a, the worst form of plagiarism for Texas Chainsaw Massacre I may have ever seen. Um, it's set in Texas, but in the back streets of uh, San Antonio, Dallas, I don't know some some Texas town, and they they do little little um, homages to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but they're terrible. And it's like what? That's like a blatant like. Oh, look, see, this was in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And it's just like lines, random lines of dialogue or a side actor in the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre or just, it was, it was so bad. It was so bad. Um, Somehow it was maybe slightly better than Plague, but they both get zero stars because F those movies. (laughs) I'm so, okay, no argument here. I now, did you give me Butcher Boys, or did I throw it at you? Because I don't I, barely remember I th- that. I threw that one at you a long time ago, and you did not take and uh, yeah, I didn't take I'm the like, bait on that. That's... Yeah, and I'm like, you know what? It's time to get this off of my list. And, it, and the cover is, you know, like someone biting someone's fingers off or something like that. And I'm like, okay, I'm tired of flipping through Netflix, and my boy seeing that. Yeah. My boy sees that picture. I'm like, let's let's just watch it and get it off the list. And you know me, I can't just watch 15, 20 minutes of it. i got to watch the whole I know, we got this thing. whole mulligan system in place, and I'm the only one that's ever used it. I don't think you ever have. Uh, uh, <laughs> and I encourage uh, you to, so that we could get more crap off of the queue. Uh, I know. Well, I, at least that's, that now is another one that is done. Okay. Uh, <laughs> do you have another one? Real quick? Because I'm going to um, do three in a row, and they're gonna, okay. they might take a little bit of time. Okay. Um... Yeah, I, you know, I do, because I'm on, on shitty movies. Uh, last one is on the uh, Shout Factory channel, new addition to Roku. That's going to be a good transition to where I'm going. So Good, good. Okay, well, so um, I think it's great that Shout Factory is now on Roku. There's some great movies on there, and I trust Shout Factory for the most part. Uh, so I took, a, I took a dive on a movie called House in the Alley. 
Zero stars. <laughs> oh, man, you are brutal. Quite possibly the worst horror movie from... I wrote this down here. Quite possibly the worst horror movie from Asia I have ever seen in my life. Um, two horrible actors talking and being assholes to each other the whole movie because their kid died at childbirth and now he's a ghost, maybe, I guess. And it's all pretty much in some apartment building. And it is... It is terrible. So now we've got Asians making crappy movies for Netflix. And, well, this is Shot Factory. But um, how this movie got... It, it, it's so bad. It's so bad. And it just it boggles my mind that these things get made. At but least did, did looks, they actually release it or just acquire the rights to it and put it on their TV channel? I'm guessing they could just acquire the rights to yeah, it. Yeah, probably got it dirt cheap, get a couple of watches, sell some ads. And, you know, you can make, yeah. your, money, make your money back pretty quick, probably. Yeah, which which I will say, I, I while it annoys me watching the movie for free because there is commercials in it, I get what they're doing, and there is a lot of really cool content on that uh, dot Roku channel yeah. to where it's like I understand what you're doing, totally fine. Yep. that's cool. I, I get it, and it's just unfortunately it was a crappy movie. But that's going to be it for the crappy movies from here on out. It's it's positives. Oh so, yeah. It, now and, back to you, and for me for the most part. Um, okay, speaking of ShotFactoryTV.com, if you don't have a Roku box, uh, you can go right to the website, where, which is where I watched uh, the next three movies before I found the channel on uh, my Roku. And the, again, that uh, website is ShotFactoryTV.com. I encourage you to go there. They have a ton of awesome content. Yeah, you got to watch a couple ads here and there, but it's free, so shut up. And I'll tell you what, yeah. I don't mind watching a couple of ads here and there when it's free. Um, now, like Hulu, it, you go pay for Hulu, you still have to watch ads. That's crap. Oh, that's complete that's crap. crap. And I will never yeah. buy pay for that. Um, yeah, me too. Netflix, I, I don't have to watch any ads. So that, I'm paying for your service. I shouldn't have to. Um, now, the content on here is just... It's brilliant. I love it. They got old it kaiju, is, I, kaiju movies, mystery science theater, uh, out-of-print horror movies, sleepaway camp, and, and just... Brilliant movies on there, but you informed me about this, and then I was like, okay, what do I need to watch? And you started listing off movies, and I'm like, okay, what order? Uh, which one do you want me to watch first? Well, I watched three of them. Ah, right. First up, when <laughs> all three you, you gave me. First up was Body Bags from John Carpenter, which, yes. which I'm happy to report was awesome. My only complaint, a <laughs> little long-winded on a couple of the shorts. We've talked about this before. If you're doing yeah. an anthology... Hurry it up. And I think, was there only two stories in that thing? Plus the wraparound? There was three. Was there, there three? Was the, there was the uh, hair growth one. Yeah. The uh, gas station attendant and... Yeah, um, the gas station attendant. I forgot about that one. And Mark, Mark Hamill. Hamill. Mark yeah. Hamill on the eyeball, yeah. yeah. All three of them were very good. Just a little long in the tooth on a couple of them, especially the Mark Hamill one. And it was like, eh, you could have shortened that one up. But I guess that was the one they loved the most. And then, yeah, cool interludes with uh, John Carpenter. And again, why don't they spend a little more time on the wraparounds? Uh, I guess this is older, so I can't... It's hard for me to make that complaint now, but it feels like when you're making these movies, the anthologies feel like they are so easy. Spend a little more time on the wraparound instead of just the Crypt Keeper. (laughs) Yeah. Have a cool little story that intertwines. I don't know. It's just an idea I had one time for no random reason whatsoever. (laughs) Related to a writing project we're working on, maybe. Uh, Okay, next up was Night of the Demons. Ah, nice. Um, 
Night of the Demons. Hold on, what was this one? Oh, this was the 80s, 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 80s movie that was very yes. 80s. Uh, but... <laughs> Lip, this was the Lipstick and the Boob movie. Yes. Well, yeah, there was, I didn't see that coming. That was very off-putting for a minute there. I was like, oh, finally, okay, there's nudity in this very 80s exploitation movie. And then all of a sudden, I was like, eh, don't, something looks all off. And yep, sure enough. It was like, okay, I didn't expect that to happen with uh, <laughs> lipstick and the nipple. But that was a very cool effect. I couldn't figure out how they it did was, it. So It was a very good effect. It still holds up. Yeah, and it's ultimately a bad movie, but it's very entertaining because of it, how completely agreed. 80s it is. Uh, <laughs> a, a bunch of kids go to party at some abandoned, what, insane asylum? And crazy, they start turning into demons practically... Uh, city version of Evil Dead. Instead of going out in the yeah. wilderness to a cabin, a bunch of city folk go to this place. And uh, Now, there was one where the sort of wraparound story was awesome, with the old man and the apples. Oh, yeah. Because yes. that was like a big callback, and I was like, what is going on? And then I realized, and I was like, ah, that was awesome. Yeah. Um, that's, a good, that's a good analogy to make with Evil Dead. I, yeah. Because you're right, because the storyline... Is kind of like Evil Dead, yeah, um, but more in so, a city yeah. set, setting, and they can't yeah. get out of the insane asylum, and then a giant demon head floating up above. That was the cool. That was so cool. That was the best part. Yeah. Um. Anyway, a lot of annoying characters and very very eighties. Okay, and lastly we have uh, the final terror. Oh, um, another great movie. Oh, I also want to make a note. Uh, body bags. That you could also call that movie. Uh, Night of the Cameos, because any person oh, that was involved in a horror movie in the 80s is in that movie. Uh, yeah. All over the place. And it, it's worth watching just for all the cameos in that gas station one. Um, wanted to make note of that. Okay, uh, but the final terror. Um, oh, boy, how do I explain this movie? Uh, easily the best of the, of the bunch here, and I did not think I was going to say that going in. Uh, a bunch of kids go camping uh i had a couple watching this one but uh <laughs> so refresh yeah. me if i'm wrong in any of the uh details um a killer in the woods and yada yada you've heard this story before maybe uh but not quite like this and it's the early 80s i have to say probably yes. yep it is this but more survival adventure yeah total gem in the rough status here oh, this is one right. that That's i would have on blu-ray on my shelf and i'm not the horror guy you're the horror guy so when i say that you know there's something in there for everyone you should watch this movie a lot of good people in it daryl hannah joey pants yeah. i couldn't believe it he's the bus driver and then they yeah, yeah. that's right yep just just damn good movie I, for going out in the woods and you know whatever again very 80s but uh, if you've watched any of the failures of that exactly. genre, genre of kids that go into the woods and get killed, it, it's not like that. This one felt like a real movie, and they were really trying, and it was to make you a scary movie, and it, it worked for me. Yeah, I, I thought it was fantastic. And guess what? You can watch it for free. ShoutFactoryTV.com. Go support them, even if you know watching some ads. <laughs> is supporting them. Yeah. I love it. I was so tickled with this website. That's I watched it more Netflix this week. Let's put it that way. Did you did you uh, want to comment at all about the restoration of that movie? 
you know, it's hard to speak to that considering I've never seen it before this week. But it looked great. It looked fantastic. On, okay. uh, but your Blu-ray is probably better. Uh, I don't. But but, but yeah. They, but the, the fact that that Scream Factory actually because Scream Factory is kind of the uh, the side the side company of Shout Factory. That's kind of the uh, umbrella company, and then Scream Factory is their horror mm-hmm. out, outlet. But Scream Factory they acquired like they had to search for film elements for the most complete version. And so when you watch the movie. Oh, um, the, yes. The, okay. And I see what you're getting yeah, at. Yeah. The quality kind of jumps here and there, and it's because that's the only way to watch this movie. It was pretty much considered a lost movie. Um, and this is from the director of The Fugitive, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. This is a, yeah. So, I mean, this, is, this guy went on to make some pretty big movies. Um, but it's so cool to see that, you know, someone or someones took the time to go and locate different film elements to put together the most complete version of the movie that the director intended. I think that's, I think that's great. I love, I love to hear that stuff. It's, it's so cool. Yeah. Keep talking. I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to write, I want to read that title card verbatim. Uh, okay. if I can find it here, yeah. but, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, so, and there's other movies that are doing that. There's other companies that are doing that too at this point, because I mean, Final Terror was one of the one of the movies that was considered like you know like it's it's lost. It's you can't get the film elements anymore, and the, and so they had to go in and find like collectors and you know people that had the movie and pieced it together as the director intended. And when you think about it, it's like that's no small undertaking. That is a big process to locate. Uh, and I don't I don't want to speak for them, but I mean, who knows how far and wide they had to search. For the film elements, because when you watch the movie, it does shift in color. Like the color scheme isn't quite right, right. here and there. So you can tell they, they they had to use different different film reels to piece this thing together. And it still looks really good. I have the Blu-ray. I watched it several times, and it still looks really good. Um, but it's just interesting. Like when you watch it, it's like wow, um, that came from one private collector, and now here's another, more than likely, or you know how they piece it together. It was. It's just. It makes for a very different viewing experience, in my opinion, uh, when you know how... The Son movie... of a bitch. I can't find it. And I had downloaded the picture before, and now I can't, I can't locate it on my phone. My phone's being bitchy. Uh, oh. But anyway, the, the, yeah, so for a movie I'd never seen before, I hit play on it, and up uh, before the opening credits, uh, this title card pops up, and it says, uh, it was thought, yes, like you were saying, it was thought to be a lost movie, um, and due to a few collectors really helping us out, we were able to piece this together. And from what I've heard, some people say that it is a tad bit edited. Uh, but nonetheless, they said, here is the final terror in its most complete form. The rest of it, the, the original negatives and stuff are gone for yeah. like all time, at least believed to be completely gone. And I'll tell you, that almost brought a tear to my eye for a couple of different reasons. First, that it's gone, and I've never seen it before. First, that it's gone, and second, that a couple of hardcore collectors help them out. That, yeah, like, I know. that's my trigger. I've talked about it before when strangers help other strangers. And it was also a call out collect that physical media wherever you can find it. You people that can get the projector reels and can afford to do so, God bless you. Keep those things in a temperature controlled co- yeah. unit, condition, whatever. Um, and the same goes for, uh, everybody wanting to jump on the hottest new tech and move to 
all digital, be warned, it's not always going to be there. Power and net failures abound all the time. And yep. it's just like this. I never saw that movie till this week. Never even heard of it. You're the, you told me about it. Yeah. And then I saw that title card and was like, God, that is... It's, and then I loved the movie. Yeah. <laughs> on top of it. So it makes me like doubly mad because I'm like, oh, that, that sucks that things like that are lost to time. Um, yeah. And another thing, it, for some reason, when I'm always having that conversation, I, uh, I think of uh, Logan's run, towards the end of Logan's mm-hmm. run, where they go into the Senate, Congress, uh, the Hall, Library, whatever the hell it's called, Con- Library of Congress, and there's all these books and records and stuff scattered and weather-torn all over the floor, and it's like, man, you never know down the road. Even a one-generation arc. The 80s, we grew up in. Our kids yeah. are growing up so much later. There's so many beautiful, wonderful films that can be gone forever. Not that this is like the Mona Lisa of cinema, begins and ends with the final terror, but yeah. nonetheless, it's something that should be experienced. Yeah. Well, and even for the most obscure movies from back then, um, you know, some, and you can listen to my, uh, to my podcast where I talk about uh, restoration. This past episode, I talked a little bit about that I'm in talks with a company. Mm-hmm. Um, to to possibly partner up and do something with restoration of really really old obscure movies, and um, I actually spoke with the gentleman on the phone uh, two days ago, inquiring about a couple movies, and he said, you know, he's like, there is a chance that the actual film elements for that movie are gone forever, and I'm like, are you are you serious? Uh, and the movies that in question were House of Witchcraft and House of Lost Souls, mm-hmm. which I talked I've talked about on episode two of Cinema Soft Underbelly, and I talked about it on this show yeah. too. Uh, two Umberto Lenzi Italian uh, late '80s horror movies that I really really like. I and in fact I love them. What about House and of just, Clocks? House of Clocks, I believe that's Lucio Fulci. I believe that that one. I don't want to say for sure, but I believe that that one probably because more high-profile director. Yeah. The film elements are still there, but... then this is just... He wasn't sure, yeah. but he's like, there's a chance that, that, you know, the film elements may not be there anymore because this was a made-for-television Italian uh, production, but it's a, it's such a cool movie. Both of them are such cool movies, and just what you were saying is there's a chance that the original film elements that were in the can, you know, when they were shooting, because this was shot on film, are gone forever. And all we have is what's available on, uh, you know, it was on DVD, but it's it's a bad, washed out copy. And it's, so it's, um, anyway. There, so. there, there were a lot of um, uh, episodes and even some seasons of Doctor Who, uh, one of the longest running television shows of all time. That same problem. They're lost forever because uh, the television studio taped over episodes for oh. new episodes because film stock was so expensive. One of the, yeah. one of the, it's, it's a catch 22. Everybody wants to shoot on film and look like film, but it's so expensive that they would re film over it or whatever the hell. I don't know all the technical crap. I'm yeah. not a filmmaker. Uh, but, and that, so it's sort of like, well, that's where digital comes into play as being so much cheaper that you don't have to worry yeah. about that. But man, it's, like there's whole seasons of storylines of miniseries of Doctor Who that are just lost forever. Wow. Yeah. So it, it's just it, even Star Trek the motion picture when when um, 
when they redid the the director's cut version of that, it, it's still so far it's still not available because it was shot in standard definition. They, the special effects were in standard definition, mm-hmm. um, and people are like, "Come on, release the director's cut version of that movie on Blu-ray." And it's like Paramount would have to go back, and I I believe redo all the effects because they were shot in they were done in standard definition. Um, and they would have to redo all of those over again. And so right now, they're, it's like, well, we just have them in standard definition, so they're, eh, sorry, they're gone. <laughs> and so it's just interesting, the, like the media, like the different, the different film mediums and how it plays into where we are at now with remastering and co- like showing movies to what they looked like through the through the director of photography through the lens, what he was looking at through the camera lens is what we can see on screen now. And um, I mean, DVD wasn't like that. VHS wasn't like that. Um, Laserdisc. But finally with Blu-ray and even above and beyond that, you know, the 4K resolution mm-hmm. is we're finally seeing this is what film looks like through the, the, the filmmaker's eyes. There's also something to be said for uh, hanging on to your hardware uh, because mm-hmm. of... Like your VHS and la- even the laser disc. If you, I've watched laser discs on my uh, my fifty inch flat screen, and the the video quality is eh, but the audio for some reason doesn't translate. And so I get this weird. I got to unplug the one cable and I get a mono effect, and it's just coming out of one speaker on the side, and I got to turn it up, and the sound is terrible. And it it it's like why why don't you translate from this tech to old? And it's basically I'm I'm. I'm plugging in a, a an eight track into a seven one sound system that doesn't yeah. it does not translate. So hold on to some of them tube TVs because uh, it's the only way that VHS is watchable. Uh, it is. You're right. Absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But anyway, that was a yeah. good derail. Um, uh, what are we? We're still in recently watched. I got two more. Okay. But you can go um, on with whatever. If you have more than that, give me a double header. Okay, um, so I'm happy to report I actually rewatched this movie just because I'm like, you know, I didn't like it the first time, but um, what if I watch it in a different Mind, setting? Mindset? A different, different mindset, and I did. And you know what? I kind of liked it, and that is um, Big Ass Spider. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting over here with my, my, I'm, my hopes are so high. It's going to be something that I love that you hated, and it's going to be awesome. Oh. And we're going to come together, and then you're like, big ass spider. Big ass that, spider. You told me that sucked, <laughs> so I never even bothered watching it. And now I, you're well, like, I, I watched it again. <sighs> and it was okay. It was okay. <laughs> we'll just add that right to the list next to Sharknado 2 and Lava Lantula. <laughs> it's, it's definitely better than those. It's definitely better than those. Okay. Um, there, it's it's almost like it is playing, uh, or it's playing as a spoof of an asylum movie, <laughs> but because but the humor what, what is, the hell is that, what would that be? That's like the lowest common denominator of I all know, time. But it, you can t- you can tell they know that they're making a shitty movie, but the jokes are kind of funny. The CGI isn't that bad. It moves at a fast pace, and so I'm almost watching it in a. Okay, I'm in the mood for something cheesy. It's it's not bad. It seriously is not bad. And and from here things go drastically up from there. But I want to get that. You've out promised of the way. that a that, couple of times. I know. Okay. Well, here here we go. Here's a good We're one. We're constantly on a second date. <laughs> <laughs> 
Observe and report. Uh, um, oh, yes. Okay. I, I, yeah, I know it's coming here. Yeah. Four and a half out of five stars. One of my favorite comedies of all time. Right up there with Wet Hot American Summer and uh, Superbad. Uh, this movie is... Uh, have you wa- you watched this movie, right? Uh, yes. I was just about to ask, which one of us watched it first? I don't. I honestly don't remember. Was it you or um, me? I'm pretty sure you did. I think and it was you, me. You did. And you said, uh, dude, this you is You gotta un- see this movie because this is one of those... uncomfortable. ...gems in the rough of comedy. I, I'm very yes. bitchy with comedy. I adore Observe and Report, and I yes. got the blue... I'll derail you for a minute. I got the Blu-ray, uh, f- boy, last year, I want to say, real cheap, and was like, oh, gotta watch this, hun. And mm, she was like, eh, it's okay. And I was guffawing the whole yes. runtime. I love that movie. That is it's my so type of humor. It's so awkward. <laughs> oh, it's so awkward. The whole movie is so, like... But it, not only but is it actually, awkward, but it's only, badass. Yeah, but it's also, it, it's got a soul. You know what I mean? It does, it's I know. Most comedies lack these days. They're either just dumb as hell, or, you know, and laugh at this idiot, or or they're, they're over-serious, and nobody actually is laugh. They're just very droll, and it's supposed to be yes. ironically funny. And this, it actually tells a story and has a spirit. I love that movie. Yes. Sorry. Yes. Go on. And be- best use of queen of a queen song in a movie ever. I it, it's so brilliant how they use that song in in observing a report. But um, you're right. Uh, it's one of those movies where I I'm like I probably won't like it. Yeah, whatever. And then you said, dude, you should check this movie out. And that's the third time I watched it, and it's every bit as good as the first time I saw it. It's hysterical. It's kind of it tugs at the heartstrings a little bit. Uh, Definitely. Strangely. Yeah. Uh, it's so weird how it does that. Why, why can't a comedy the... be a, a movie? Why can't a comedy yeah. be a, a serious, have a, tell a story, you know? Yeah. It's a lost art. Yes. yes. But um, it's, if you haven't seen it, watch it. It is a gem in the rough that bombed in the theaters, but undeservedly so. It should have... Um, and I don't know. Does, does this movie have a cult following? I, I think I don't it. Know. I think it's getting there. I think eventually it will. But again, how do you sell the movie uh, to people that are listening? It's yeah. uh, what's his name? Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen is a, Seth being Rogen is a bipolar. Yeah, bi- bi- bipolar. Bi- bipolar. Uh, this is not Paul Blart. I think maybe that's what killed it. No. I think it came out about the same time as Paul Blart, and everybody went to see oh. that Kevin James movie, which I again <sighs> vow to never watch. Oh, it's. Did you watch have, it? Yeah, yeah, I know that look. You watched it. Okay, yes. let's go. Yeah. I, I watched that movie on the recommendation of a friend who is no longer a friend of mine on Facebook. Is that... <laughs> that, that guy. Um, yeah. I watched it and I'm being serious. It was terrible. It was a piece of shit. <laughs> unfunny. Unfunny. Um, caters to the lowest common denominator. Farty. Stupid humor. Yeah. So anyway, um, on the on the other end of the end, other end of the spectrum, observing the report is well written, well acted, and just uncomfortable. And I love those types of movies where you're like, "Ooh, this is awkward." I feel awkward. It is, but this, something about great. something about Rogan, he he can sell that, and you you feel okay still watching it. You know what I mean? And I yes. love the uh, was it Michael Pena, his sidekick. Uh, the <laughs> yeah, he the, he's. <laughs> probably my favorite in the whole movie because the whole time he's like that's right homie that's right bro that's all he says 
and, and then towards the end it all he goes off the rails and you're like oh why the hell did that happen you're mostly quiet monosyllabic oh. sidekick just wow what happened there and it's sort of like you got all distracted by the psychological problems of rogan <laughs> oh. uh. everybody has issues in that movie i mean everybody I, uh, ray liotta I, I, I described oh. that movie at one point i said something like every single person in this movie has a psychological disorder that, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah, I do remember that. Oh, that was wild. Anna, yeah. Anna Ferris, everybody Everyone. in this movie she is broken. <laughs> Anna Ferris, I forgot. <laughs> oh, she's great. Just drunk, throwing up all over the place. Oh, I loved, oh. I loved that movie because it, it balances a sense of uh, extreme lowbrow with no, no. It's 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 a very highbrow uh, via the lowest brow that there is. It's yes. brilliant. I love it. Oh, that's such a great movie. If you haven't seen Observe and Report, get on it. Yeah, and I do attribute you to that movie yeah, being so cool. You're because right. I, I, I got that. I, I got that via Netflix mailer. I think just because it's so weird. I was like, I'm gonna check that. And you were like, you really, really, really need to watch this. I'm like, ah, oh, dude, it bombed in the theaters, and it's probably not good. <laughs> and and then I watched it, and I'm like, oh my lord, this is. Uh, I this I is knew you'd like brilliant. that one because it's. It's awkward, and we like uh, yes. you and I like awkward comedy, and it's so awkward all the way through. Yes. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, moving on. Speaking of recently released brilliant films, just new to Netflix, The Guest. Hmm. Uh, now this was directed by the guy that did. Um, what was that? It was that Home Invasion movie, wasn't it? Um, you're uh, yes. You're next. You're next. Which I wasn't over the moon about, but I definitely gave a thumbs up to, and I enjoyed. That was a yeah. good movie, just, eh, not all the way my flair. Uh, the Guest, on the other hand, shit-eating <laughs> 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 grin for the entire <laughs> runtime. This was uh, bloody fantastic. And if you're oh, a, nice. an action fan, you need to see this. And I'll say, oh, Ty, I'm talking to you, but he won't hear it for about a year because he's 20, ep- year, 20 yeah. episodes behind. Uh, we can make fun of him all we want. He won't hear about it for a year, a month. Uh, yeah. Anyway, the guest was, oh, it was so brilliant. And for the uh, uh, kudos to whoever cut the trailers because you didn't ruin the movie for once. I watched the trailers of that movie and I thought, oh, okay. Uh, it's kind of a action home invasion thriller guy's not who he claims to be kind of movie. I kind of get it, but it didn't look like I wasn't super enticed until everybody was telling me it's so great. And let me tell you, it's it's so damn great. Oh, I, I can't, I don't even want to talk about anything that happens in this movie. Just a, a Marine shows up back from uh, golf conflict and says, I knew your son who passed away and he wanted me to help take care of your family, and he's a real super nice guy. He could. This is your new Paul Walker. Uh, sorry, Paul, you passed, but this is this is your new kind of pretty boy, badass action can still do drama guy. Uh, and yeah. he worked in spades. Um, everybody in the whole cast works. Um, I, I I don't want to say anything more about it. You just have to watch it because about the midway point, I was like, "Where is this going?" Because it's just kind of wandering through, and everything's going good. And I'm like, "I just there's a foreboding sense you get of like shit's gonna go wrong," 
I just and had then this, they go to the bar, right? Feeling. Then they go to the bar. No, it was after that. It was still like it was after the, the bar. things were still kind of okay. He's got a dark side, but things are going well, and I I feel like he's just gonna fix problems for the family. He's gonna be their little dark henchman, and then yeah. somewhere along the line, it takes the the twist is when they start talking to. Uh, they start doing a little research into his background. That's where that's where it, it turns, and it all of a sudden it becomes a big action movie. You know what I mean? Like at first it's kind of the small, contained, independent feeling kind of yeah. film, and then all of a sudden it turns into this. Now all of a sudden there's twenty dudes with freaking machine guns, and it's the shootiest movie of all time. <laughs> and it yep. was like, yes, this rocks so hard. <laughs> and you can see the ending coming. You know kind of what's going to... You can predict what's kind of going to happen, but you want it to happen. Because even though... Uh, ah, I can't, can't say that. Don't want to give that away. Um, oh, damn it. One of those movies where you, you root for the bad guy. You, you hmm. root for him, but you don't. Anti-hero. Yeah. Not anti-hero, anti-hero, but bad guy. I don't know. It's hard to exactly say, but you just want it to keep going because you don't want it to end and you want to see more. I want the further adventures of the guest. And yeah. I really hope there will be. I'll tell you this, though. If nothing else, it made me a big fan of the director. I will now support anything that he does. And did he oh, make cool. It Follows? He did not. No. Okay, well, he it's the same actress in this was in It Follows. That was her? I believe oh, so. Oh, yes. The, the sister? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh, good call. I never even... I didn't oh, I was up, doing she, research she into good. people because I was like, this is awesome. This is amazing. I love it. And it's on Netflix. Yeah. Go watch it. Yeah. Just wait till you watch It Waits. That's a great... Or It Follows. I'm yeah. Sorry. It Follows. That's a great movie. Um, yeah. The Guest was a, was a great movie. Um, I think that I preferred your next a little bit more simply because it's more of a horror movie. And that's what I'm into. Mm-hmm. But uh, but the guest was a great movie. It was and when when very when well he made. Is, and it, when he is beating ass, it is just amazing. And it yeah. they add little flares of uh, pulling and throwing people where you can tell. Oh, he there's something extra going on with him. It's not just he's Jason Statham against a high school kid. It, there's a little more there where you're like, whoa, uh, X-Man, mutant? <laughs> yeah. So what would you give that on a 1 to 10 scale? What would you give that one? Rock solid 8. Rock solid oh, 8. Good. I mean, it's it's it pushed the envelope a little bit, but it also played against uh, a lot of 80s movies, uh, action uh, archetypes, and... Mm-hmm. Um, the music almost forgot music very yes. very similar to was, uh, Drive. Uh, wanting I was going to bring that wanting, up. It reminded me of Drive. Yep, wanting to emulate that style, and in this case, it works because you're also talking about '80s, '70s, '80s throwback movies, which is what this is trying to. Uh, I don't know. It's a cross between. You get into that uh, uh, Tarantino and Rodriguez Grindhouse thing, where one is a Grindhouse movie and one is a homage to a Grindhouse movie. And it's kind of a perfect mix of the two. And that's where that music comes in and it works and it plays perfectly because this movie is both an homage to those 70s, 80s action movies and it is one of those movies um, for a new generation. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, the guest, huge thumbs up. Okay. Good deal. Back to you. And I got one more for recently watched. Okay. So I'm going to talk about a movie called Java Heat. Mickey Rourke is... (laughs) 
Please, God, not again. I, I can't take two more, two rounds of we're pat, we'll, we'll see, we're padding the episode. We oh, have to pad oh, it out. sorry, yes. To the runtime that... It, Let's people, just break uh, down the work of Mickey Rourke of the past ten years. What's he been up yes. to? Uh, face surgery, face surgery, Java mm-hmm. Heat, a little Sin City, Damn. and that's it. A whole lot of wrestling, I guess, or something. Oh, Speaking of, <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so uh, let me talk about... Predators. I rewatched Predators finally. Finally, I've been was, co- trying to coax you to do that. I haven't watched that movie in several years, and I'm like, you know, I, I really need to watch Predators again. And I was a Brit. I was a bit afraid that I was going to watch it and be like, ah, oh, man, it's it, it, that was a good movie, but it's starting to already not hold up as good. No, it holds up just fine. Good man. That's a good movie. I've, really I've good probably movie. watched that movie four or five times, and it gets Me better too, yeah. every time I watch it. I love it. It's Other than the Lawrence Fishburne, uh, it's almost like he is put there to explain things. Yep. Like, what? Yeah, you could have cut that out. But other than that, I don't know of anything I would change. It is great. Adrian Brody, how they transformed him into a complete badass. And he is a complete badass in the movie. Uh, was great. And Danny Trejo, just the whole cast was great movie. Great movie. Still holds up. I totally agree. I love it. I've seen it many, many times, at least four or five, at least four or five times. And I love it. I think it works on a whole lot of levels. Yes, there is a bit of a er, handbrake there when we get to the Lawrence Fish, Fishburne stuff, but you know, it, it still kind of works for it. And the Danny Trejo stuff, that whole scene, that whole, like section of the film that's that shit's really creepy you know oh, what I, mean? I mean you start off with the dogs and you end with the uh, help me and it yes it's creepy yeah. it plays yeah. on that stuff that the original predator did and so where do you where do you put uh predators in with like predator and predator Pre- uh, predator 2 and then alien versus predator where does this one I, fall I, into you, that line you got to put the it's like die hard you got to put the first one at the top there's just no mm-hmm. way around that. And then I would put it at number two. I yeah, I really would. Because it's it's just damn good. And no disrespect to any of the other ones. It just This is the one that was most like a horror action movie. And yeah. I, I just thought it worked in spades. It, it's not yeah. perfect. It has flaws, uh, like we've already discussed with the Fishburn stuff and the... But then again, I go back and forth on whether or not that's actually a flaw. You know, they're trying to build some character there, and, and, you know, even you can go crazy, the amount of time it takes to go crazy there. Um, There's also a time frame issue that I have with that movie where, uh, I I can't remember because it's been a while since I watched it, but Fishburne says something like, each season lasts so long, and they talk about the nights and days being different than Earth, so it's a longer days or something and um he says i've been here so many seasons like he's been there for years and then as soon as i don't as soon as the ending happens uh again and they i'm being vague so i don't give away anything but they again they say they signify that uh a new season has begun when they're coming down from the and you're like well they were there for like uh two days so, so if a season is, you know what I mean? If a season is two days and he's been there for 10 seasons, so he's been there for like two weeks. You know, yeah. 
like the time frame was was not uh, properly mapped. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. so it's no, impossible to tell how long this shit's been going on. <laughs> yeah, you know, another reason the movie works so well is is like the original Predator, they draw out the beginning and it makes it more tense and like something's gonna happen, something's gonna happen. Whereas like Predator Two with uh, Danny Glover, immediately. Predator is attacking. Predator is involved with the gang wars yeah. in Lost, whatever. But it's different. It's like they very much tried to uh, go more the original Predator route with the slow build up, uh, and then all hell breaks loose by the. Uh, I, by the you know, I like all three of those storylines. Like on paper, the outline they're all they're all different takes on a great material. You know, the original mm-hmm. in the jungle is untouchable, obviously. Uh, but then the second one, let's take him into the city. It seems like the obvious uh, 80s, 90s sequel effect. Bigger, badder, yeah. in a, you know, more intense place. And there was no place more intense than L.A. at the time. Yeah. And so that worked. Uh, a lot of people, that movie is unfairly maligned, in my opinion. I like that movie. It's good. Uh, it's not as good uh, but it's still very enjoyable. It's very has some very scary moments in it. Um, and then you go to Predators. Why does it take so long to get the sequel? Another sequel made? How many freaking how many Alien movies have we had? Yeah, I know. And then uh, I thought Predators was great, and it's got a good contingent of people out there that hate that movie. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't either. Like, I, what are... I just thought that it was. I thought all the same complaints we had, but to them, it's a uh, a movie killer for those complaints and I'm like man you're watching a predator a giant alien monster movie it's a, it's the same yeah. argument we've had with uh, AVP Requiem uh, a lot of people <laughs> do not see the brilliant joy in that film <laughs> it's a bad <laughs> oh, movie sure but I mean at the end of the day these are monster movies you know you, you can't judge them so harshly it's a it's yeah. the, people sitting back and going the godzilla suit is fake looks fake and it's like you really you're watching yeah. a giant lizard stand on two feet and you know shoot fire out of his mouth what the hell are you expecting <laughs> it's the same kind of effect with these movies yeah uh, agreed. It's agreed people in my opinion it's people that have put the originals on too high of a pedestal don't get me yeah. wrong they're great but at the end of the day, they are what they are, and I love Predators. Okay. Yep. Anything else to add to our giant Predator nope. breakdown discussion? Nope. Okay. Uh, one more. I got to watch a Blu-ray this week. Yay! Oh, hey. And, you know, when you want the height of uh, sound and video that we have to offer in this day and age, there's no film that you want to go for except for Fortress. Oh. You actually had to think about that for a minute. Like Christopher Lambert? Yeah, Christopher Fortress? Lambert, Fortress. Oh, is it the first first time you've seen that? Oh, one? no, I've seen it many times, but this is the first okay. time where I have uh, widescreen. Uh, every other okay. version I've bought before has been full frame. This is the first version that I've ever come across widescreen. And it holds up. This is great shit. This is, again, this is another... Uh, action horror sci-fi because I keep forgetting how gory this movie is and it's mm-hmm. it's got some bloody parts to it uh, uh, it's 
in the future, and uh, Christopher Lambert goes to jail because him and his wife want to have a baby, those unregistered breeder bastards. Uh, and they get sent to maximum security prison underground in the desert somewhere with, uh, oh, uh, horror guy. Who directed this movie? Stuart Gordon. Thank you. And his favorite actor is Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey Combs, Combs, who is also in this. <laughs> yes. And Clifton Gonzalez Gonzalez, a.k.a. Clifton Collins Jr. He has changed his name since. Uh, oh. But he's one of my favorite character actors, and he's in this, and he's very young, and he's over-the-top acting. Uh, again, if you know this movie, you love it. If you don't know this movie, <laughs> there's probably reasons. But it falls into the early 90s science fiction, borderline direct-to-video of that time. Uh but I love this movie. I always have. And uh, I don't know. Wait, what do you think? Have you, you, yeah, I like yeah. it. I think it's a good movie. I think you turned me on to this movie. Yeah. Uh, I saw that in the theater at the uh, Dover Mall. Mm. Uh, Regal, whatever, Regal. back when I was in high school. Uh, and thinking, that was a good movie. Uh, it, it's dated, but it still is fun. Um, it's the bastard I mean, sci-fi channel or sci-fi uh, version of Bride of Reanimator. All the Stuart, Stuart Gordon movies, if you like that tone, it has it in spades. If you have, yes, it does. If you haven't seen it in a while, I have the Blu-ray. Yeah, so. I have not seen that movie in years. You should give that one another chance. I, I yeah. loan you. Oh, yeah. I got a, finally got another Blu-ray for you to watch. Hey, there you go. <laughs> but no, I, I've always enjoyed that movie. I haven't seen it in years. Um, maybe. Like for me, Stuart Gordon is Reanimator. Yeah. That is Stuart Gordon, but he's got some other good movies and from beyond. Like that. that is from beyond, yeah. yeah, and from beyond. It definitely uh, has that feel, though. Yeah, I should give that give that one another. Hey, show. I got the Blu-ray. I paid a whopping five dollars for it, brand new. Uh, hey. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. So I want to real quick touch on TV show that I just started, and then I'm done. Okay. Wet, hot American summer, uh, first day of camp or whatever it's called. I watched the first two episodes tonight, and uh, happy to report, it is brilliant. It, it's exactly what I was wanting it to be because wet, hot American summer, uh, unlike our friends over at our friend over at Cinema Sidekicks, who. Hated the movie. It's all right. Go ahead. I you am, can blast high all you want. He's not going to hear this yeah. for like a year. He'll have yes, cooled off. Yeah, by he's gonna he's gonna be married, have kids. The kids are going to be eighteen years old, <laughs> and his kids are going to be like, Dad, they're talking about you on the radio. And he'll thing. be like, Wet Hot American. What? I don't even remember that movie. <laughs> um, so yeah, so it's it's first off, Wet Hot American Summer is the best comedy I've ever seen, and. Um, it's basically, it was made in 2001, and it was kind of this underground, weird, quirky gem of a movie. And so they brought all of the original cast back for this Netflix original TV series, and they're all playing the exact same role. It's all of them? They're all, like, it's the actual people? Um, Bradley Cooper is in You've it. You've got to be Everybody. kidding me. Paul, Paul Rudd. Uh, uh, what's the... Uh, the uh, Mary, the, the, Amy, the porno there's movie. Amy, uh, wasn't, uh, the S- Amy, Amy Poehler's in yeah, it. Yeah, SNL. Molly Shannon, but who's the, um, uh, I haven't girl. seen, I haven't seen it in a while, but. Zach, Zach and Mary make a porno. Who's the blonde girl in it? Gorgeous. Yeah, um. um 
Ah, her. Yes, uh, Rachel McAdams. Um, no. That's from no, Zach and uh, Mary. Really? No. Are you sure okay, about uh, that? I'll go check. I'll go check. <laughs> uh, carry on. Talk amongst yourselves. Okay. Well, anyway, all of the original cast. And what's funny is um, they're obviously way, way, way older, but they're playing the same roles. And so some of them are like really, you know, kind of fat. <laughs> and it's and, and but you can tell they're doing that deliberately. Like it's it's so. Funny. Elizabeth it's Banks. Used... Elizabeth my Banks. Bad. There you I, go. That was a brick um, on my part. But they very much play into the whole. We're still young, and we're in our late teens and early twenties. And you're like, what? You're like pushing fifty. Yeah, and it's bad. it's great. It's it's great. And the direct, like the original director, James uh, James Wayne. Is that? I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know who. It okay, is. well, the the same director. I mean, they got everybody back. Um, Michael Showalter is one of the writers, and he's like the most out of shape of the bunch. And I'm like, dude, you look, it's gross watching you chase a little boy around like you're, uh, like you're playing with him in the field. It's like, you're, this is awkward, but it's supposed to be awkward. It's supposed to be uncomfortable and it's great. I watched two episodes out of the eight and I'm like, okay, stop it because I got to record the podcast. Just stop now. Stop. (laughs) Oh, that's that's so, fantastic to hear. I, of course, will be watching it as soon as possible. And that just popped up, like, in the last day or two, didn't it? I mean, Yes, it, it did. Very yeah. recent to Netflix. Yeah. Um, so, now, how, how does that go? I'm just curious, like, Netflix obviously has a ton of clout. If they're getting Paul Rudd, and um, there's, there's have, some A-list actors here. Have you here. seen it, the numbers for Daredevil? They made a huge... No, I did not. They're humongous. All, I mean, the ratings-wise. There's nobody giving that yeah. thing a bad review. They've also uh, released a little news bit that they're going to do a uh, Marvel show will be released every six months. And there's Ooh. going to be multiple seasons of some of these shows before we get to the Defenders series that they're putting together. So you got wow. the Jessica so- Jones thing coming, Marvel Season 2, or uh, Daredevil Season 2. And, uh, you know, all that jazz. So moving to Wet Hot American Summer underground thing, they must have all loved that project so much that they had no problem coming back. And now saying that, oh, we're a Netflix original, that's not the kind of thing where you're like, oh, oh, here we go. Uh, Sci-Fi Channel original, Sharknado 4. It's not that kind of thing. It's Netflix original carries a little bit of weight with it even if it's not going to carry uh, m- money for <laughs> your pocket. But like I said, they must all have loved that original project so much. And I can see why. That would also be in my probably top ten uh, comedies of the last ten years. I loved that movie, and you turned me on to that yeah. one. You, I think, oh. probably let me borrow it, but it's so awkward and so wrong and so brilliant. I loved it, but... Uh, getting back to Ty and Cinema Sidekicks, do you think that he didn't like it because wrong era? Doesn't remember 80s? You know, they're younger than us, so uh, do you think it's one of those instances where you had to have been there, had to live that kind of time frame to know? I, th- I think a little bit of that, but also just the fact that it's a certain kind of comedy. Like, that is a very much, almost like sketch comedy um very improv, just, yeah. Very, very improv. The whole thing felt improv. Yeah. Like, you guys are talented, so just make up dumb jokes. And it's for some reason, it's brilliant. I, I, and I'll, most of the actors 
from the original movie have gone on to Bradley Cooper and <laughs> Paul. These are big actors. And a lot of them, like, I think Paul Rudd, I don't want to say for sure, but I think that that may have been one of, if not his first movie that he was ever in. No, no, no it wasn't his first one. There, he was in a big one for his first one. Uh, it was yeah. a side part. I can't remember what it was now, but I remember thinking, oh my God, that's Paul Rudd. <laughs> uh, Halloween, uh, Curse of Michael Myers. Oh, you got to be kidding me. Oh, that's yes. so funny. Yes, he was. That was what nineteen ninety three or four yeah, or five, yeah. somewhere in there. But uh, but Paul Rudd was a very young teenager in that. Well, that's and now he's in, now he's yeah, Ant Man. Yes, now he's in the Marvel universe, and that's what he's gonna be. <laughs> yes, that's great. So Good anyway, but but yeah, I knew I was gonna love the the TV show. It, after the first couple minutes, there was a DeLorean on screen. I'm like, oh yes, thank you. Thank you. That is but so But see, again, badass. that's only 80s kid is the only one that's freaking out about yeah. that. That's you and me and, yes. you know, growing up in the 80s. So that's amazing. Uh, yes, because I would have take, taken that car over a Lamborghini. I, that was the car still of the 80s. I'm still going to own one. I actually looked into buying one down in Dover. Did you know that? The only thing that uh, they had one for 20K. This was fresh out of high school. I was going to buy it. The only problem was they spray painted it yellow. And in order, mm. they painted it yellow. No. And in order to do that, oh. you have to. I looked into it. In order to paint it, you have to scratch up the car, the aluminum, so yeah. that the paint will hold. And I said, you know what? I'm going to drop this kind of money on my dream car. I'm not. I, I don't want a yellow DeLorean. I want yeah. the real deal. <laughs> Unfortunately, I would guess at this point for a mint. DeLorean, those probably are not cheap. Oh, no, you can still get them cheap. because They, they made them for... Why are we getting sidetracked into this? They made them for like three years. <laughs> they only made them for three years, but you can still get them. They may not all run, but you can still get them. And some, uh, the worse the wear, the better the price. You know, you could probably get yeah. one that doesn't run for 1500 bucks. <laughs> but to get one that actually runs and, you know, isn't yeah. freaking yellow, you're probably looking at uh, 10 or 15, uh, 20 K. Oh. Gearhead freaks, you oh, see? That's our show. Not really. Not really. <laughs> I know nothing about cars, other than I'm like, the doors go up. That's amazing. <laughs> I remember that from when I was a kid. Sweet. <sighs> yeah. Anyway. Well, I'm glad that those guys were able to get their knee-high knee socks on one more time and, and make this TV oh, show, and yeah. I hope it's successful, and uh, they keep doing it. Yep, me too. That, that shit is funny. Okay. Um, oh, it's great. Anything else for uh, recently watched? We're actually into the time. Anything else you want to add for the show? I guess we no, can wrap up I've, if you want. I've blabbered on long enough. I think I've covered pretty much everything that needs to be covered. I want. I wanted to end with Wet Hot American Summer because it, it's such a great movie, and I, I, I wanted to end on the Netflix thing. Now, do we want to talk about Roddy? Rowdy, yes, Roddy we do Piper. want to give a big old R.I.P. to Rowdy Roddy Piper. Uh, 61, a little young, you would think. Yes. Uh, but, uh, you know, those guys, once they get into the, the wrestlers, uh, you don't yeah. you don't live long uh, doing that shit. Same with uh, a lot of football positions. We don't talk a lot of sports on this show, obviously, but uh, footballers, they don't they don't last too long either, man. That, that shit is stupid hard on your body, and we do want to send yeah. off Roddy Piper with a, a little bit of our favorite performance from him. Kudos to all the wrestling, and he was in WrestleMania one against yep. um, Hulk, Hulk Hogan, Hogan and, Mr. and Mr. T. That's yep. that's the stuff of legend in '80s kids world. 
Yes. Because uh, I remember that I didn't watch it I, when it originally was the, the whole pay-per-view thing yeah. or whatever. But I remember WrestleMania. I was, I was so into wrestling. But I remember Rowdy Piper, Hulk Hogan, Mr. T. Yeah, that's, so. that's epic. Beyond epic. Yeah. But he was also yeah. in one of our favorite movies ever uh, from John Carpenter. I will play this for you. I'm giving you a choice. Either put on these glasses or start eating that trash can. And thus begins one of the best fights of all time. He also had uh, one of the best quote from that movie. I've come here to do two things. Chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. So great. And such a great movie. That is a great gem in the rough. If you haven't seen John Carpenter's They Live, seek that one out. That is sci-fi gold. I love that movie. Yes. Play, especially playing into his strengths. Yes. Um, <laughs> the the big beefcake, you know, yeah. wrestler type. But it, he was perfectly cast in that. And uh, he didn't make a huge career out of acting, whatever. But he was really, really good in that. Yep. Movie. And that scene is routinely on the best cinema fights of all time. Just because oh, it great. goes on for so long. These two beefcake dudes just punching the shit out of each other in an alleyway. <laughs> yeah. It's... It's it's like it. You're like, when is it gonna stop? It just goes on and on and on and just punch, punch, <laughs> yeah. punch. It's crazy. It's awesome. Love it. Oh, great movie. Great. And movie. overall, a great uh, pinnacle of. I would call that a pinnacle of sci-fi because it has such a unique story to tell that you do it you does. don't see very often. And in yeah. that respect, you absolutely need to see that. Movie. Okay. Uh, that'll wrap up this episode. As always, you can get a hold of us at moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Please visit our friends, Cinema Sidekicks and Cinema Soft Underbelly, both on iTunes. Uh, anything else you'd like to add to this show? That's it. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.